0: Welcome to real true facts we are back at it again my name is jamie lee curtis
1: and i am alex dumas not that, not one. that one yeah neither neither one of us yeah it's, neither uh, one of us uh, yeah. i'm i'm not jamie lee curtis so. not that one not you that w- uh, well i am you're right but not yes, that but one that one Yeah. right
0: so uh this week kicks off our super spooky monster mash uh that is right for the entire month of october we will be exploring some classic monsters and other horrors for all of our trick-or-treaters all over the world, uh, on tonight's show, our eyes are on the full moon as we discuss lycanthropy or werewolves.
1: Yes, uh, some might say, oh, wolfman. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess that would be one way to put it. But, um, yeah, lycanthropy or uh, werewolfism is uh, pretty interesting, and it's, uh, I would say, one of, the, one of the big ones, right?
0: Yeah. Um, now, is it lycanthropy or lycanthropy?
1: Um, I always say lycanthropy, but I, I, that doesn't. I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, we I, may don't have to I, I don't know. Uh, we may have to ask one of our experts here, or I may have to look up a pronunciation guide. Um,
0: yeah, I'm. I'm not sure. All I know is that um, this is probably going to be the scariest show for me that we've ever done because I am absolutely terrified of
1: werewolves. Really? What is there a specific reason, or is it just? Uh... You know your general fear of things
0: um well no it's it's not my general fear of things that's always like my baseline that's like a solid four or a five just kind of going about life but um uh no i am terrified of werewolves i always have been ever since i was a kid i don't know maybe i had a near-death experience with one and i I wiped the memory from my mind but uh yeah it's just like i i it's the transformation for me so you know because i i love wolves You know, Hmm. big, big fan of men. No problem there. Uh, But uh, wolf men or or wolf, wolf mans. um, I just, I, uh, it it really freaks me out. Like, I think it is a transformation because it is, it's so violent and it's so, it just seems very painful. And and to see, you know, maybe someone's face, it's always the hands, you know, whenever they they look at their hands and they, they start to get longer and they get claws and they get all hairy. It's like, it just... It just screams um, terror to me. And so uh, I'm excited to talk about werewolves today, but I'm also very scared because I might be closer to one than I think. You know, we, we never know with these things.
1: Mm. So a big part of it for you is the transformation then. Yeah. Okay. So then uh, a lot of these... Um uh, well, I guess this is the only one with uh, transfer, transformative quality. I, I'm big on my emphasis on on these syllabic words today, mm-hmm. with uh, tr- transformative and syllabic and syllabic. Like, canthropy. Yeah, I'm yeah. all over all over the map. So, um, yeah, that that makes sense. I mean, just knowing that uh, that you're changing and maybe not uh, maybe against your will, yeah, I can see how that would be just uh, terrifying. Um, and uh, But I have to admit, uh, you know, maybe some of our longtime listeners will, may know this. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but I'm a big fan of uh, the Teen Wolf uh, film. Oh. Not uh, I've actually never seen the TV show, but the original film with Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. uh, has a special place in my childhood. So a lot of my werewolf background, <laughs> you know, is really based on uh, the film Teen Wolf. Okay.
0: Um, so you're coming from like a more fun-loving, like... You know, he might become popular, kind of thing. Yes,
1: kind of superpowers, uh, great at basketball. Yeah, slam dunk. Slightly taller. Uh, yes, break dancing. Yeah, but like know.
0: sweatbands.
1: Exactly. You know,
0: I'm more of like, you know, um, like uh, American Werewolf in London, kind of like the scary, full, uh, bad moon rising kind of thing. Or, right,
1: blood and sinew. Yeah, and blood and, right. and, and bones. Uh, and drooling fangs and yeah, things. Yeah, just yeah. like
0: corner you in an alley or, you know, you get, or like you get scratched or you get bit and you're like, oh man, that sucks. And then a month later, this thing happens to you that you weren't even anticipating. So yeah, that's, I. it's less about the like cool slam dunks. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, it is more of like, oh, God, like, this could change my life forever.
1: Yeah, and uh, actually, the that's a difference uh, in, in Teen Wolf. The film is passed down uh, through the genes. It was mm-hmm. passed down through the family rather than, you know, him being bitten or scratched. So uh, that's, I guess that's one possible difference we'll have to yeah. explore. And, you know, speaking of exploring, I mean, maybe we should uh, talk to Dr. Seymour if, if we can get in touch with him and ask him about these different things like, you know, passing it down through the genes or yeah. getting scratched or bitten or all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, we just, we need to see if any of this is, is even possible. So let's bring him up from the science bunker here. I'll hack the mainframe Halloween style this week. All right dr Dr. seymour Seymour. are you
2: with us yes i am hello good evening
0: good evening
1: yes it actually sounds like you're
2: outside (laughs) you just said good Uh, evening it sounds like you're outside somewhere i am outside in the light of moon Oh, appropriate for tonight's topic
0: oh my god you're out of the bunker
2: yes yes we actually had a uh a a close call in the bucker um a little bit of a, a bunsen burner out of control there so we uh we're airing it out. We're, oh. we're getting ready to, to get back at it later later today, but needed uh, a breath of fresh air.
0: Yeah, I'll say.
1: Yeah, I think I've heard of that, where you have to air out the lab when there's some sort of chemical or, you know. an ex- Eyewash. Ex- yeah, an explosion yeah. or something that makes sense to air it out. But, yeah, I mean, the, the ambience is, is it's, certainly it's there. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're outside, and, um, I mean, these would be some of our best post-effects ever.
0: Yeah, it's very natural. <laughs>
1: so uh yeah kudos to us uh, for post-production so we were just talking about uh lycanthropy or lycanthropy i i i think it can be both um and one question that immediately came up was how can this be transmitted um whether it's passed down or or a scratch or a bite um what sort of precedent do we have for scratches and bites being able to pass on a you know some sort of transformative disease
2: yes um as um with my experience this is actually one of the things that like it it originally was hard to trace um but uh as we it was when in the in the 80s i believe when um, our knowledge of bloodborne pathogens really broadened, that we could um, kind of take on the challenge of, of solving this mystery as well, um, and it, it is something that is um, can be passed by a scratch or bite. It is a bloodborne mutagen.
1: Uh, oh, okay, but bloodborne mutagen.
2: As mutant. such, it is also once once it is in a bloodline. Um, depending on, you know, the dominant recessive um, genes there, it can actually pass on as well.
0: Mm. So it, it changes your DNA to a point where it just becomes part of your genetic code and you're able to have offspring that might carry this mutation as well.
2: Exactly. Yes.
0: Wow.
1: Okay, interesting. And so then it could be possible that both are correct, right? That you could uh, catch it, uh, that it's bloodborne, and then you could then pass it on to your offspring through uh, normal means of procreation? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So it sounds like maybe uh, fiction, you know, got it right in two cases, uh, at least the, the two that we're mentioning now.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we know that you there are ways that you can contract it. So, you know, just not contracting it is like, just don't get bit, don't get scratched. But what if you do and you don't want it? You know, the, the legends are that it was a, a curse. So are we able to cure it with modern medicine? Or are we dealing with something that's like, you know, you have to perform a ritual or go uh, kill the werewolf that bit you or there's, there's all these things that we see in Hollywood and everything, but I'm thinking, is it too late for someone who's been bit? Can there be a cure?
2: Um, at, at this point, as far as as my knowledge, and um, I do my best to, to stay up on on these facts um, for personal safety, for general knowledge to, to share with the team here. Um, I am not aware of a cure. It is. Um, I have read some research that it's possible to kind of um, minimize the the um, the transmission or from one generation to another. Transmission was an odd word there. Sorry, um, passing it along to your offspring, being very uh, careful about the the cycle of the moon and and some of the other. Uh, uh, factors there during the time of both birth and conception that really uh, um, will will make it a much much more recessive um, trait. But I am unaware of an ability to um, medically um, cure it in an infected um, wear mm-hmm. person slash. Okay.
1: Interesting. Yeah, it sounds like. Um Yeah, as a man of science, there hasn't been a a scientific way to crack it, you know, using human genes or, uh, you know, blood therapy or or whatever. So that's one thing we'll have to be sure to ask about later on in the show, if there may be alternative means, um, you know, not uh, perhaps as traditional medicine.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because I don't think it's as simple as, oh, just don't go outside. Don't see the full moon. It's like if the moon is out and that's what triggers the transformation. It doesn't matter if you're inside or not. Like it's, I, I guess it's connected to the the cycle of the moon. So Dr. Seymour, you need to be really careful. I don't know what the moon's doing tonight, but you're outside. So I, I would be very careful.
2: Yes, I've definitely got my wits about me. I'm, I, to my knowledge, obviously I, I have never transformed into a wolf myself, but obviously you've got to be on the lookout when, uh, for, for the others, because uh, I'd like to come back on the show, and I'd like to be a, a human being still.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, Yeah, I second that. Yes, that's I very I understandable. That. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, yeah, on that note, on, you know, <laughs> uh, remaining human, uh, I think we'll uh, have to let you go, Dr. Seymour, and, and stay safe and, uh, you know, get that lab back up to tip-top shape so you, you know, uh, can get back to work.
2: Yeah, that's the goal. We'll uh, we're going to do some air quality testing here and get back in as fast as we can. Safety first.
0: Yes, safety first. So I'm I'm gonna pre rehack the mainframe. So when you get back down in the bunker, it's it's safe to go back in there, and the connection is secure. So uh, get back down there safe. Uh, we will see you next week, Doctor Seymour.
2: Yes, thank you.
0: We'll be right back. guest today is dr lacey doily dvm uh she is a veterinarian from the royal veterinarian college at the university of london uh rhodes scholar and she runs a very successful blog called an american veterinarian in london please welcome dr doily dvm thank, to the
3: show thank you so much for having me i'm really excited to be here and talk about what i know yeah um now
0: did uh can we call you dr lacey or what, what do you prefer
3: uh dr is fine dr professor Lacey is fine sure dr doily whatever you prefer yeah
0: yeah we want to make sure we get that doctor in there you worked hard to get that yes i did we we don't yeah we don't want to forget that so uh dr Lacey, Mm -hmm. thanks for coming on uh so today thank you for joining our monster mash uh week one so we're talking about werewolves or uh lycanthropy lycanthropy there we
1: go yeah lycanthropy lycanthropy
0: okay That's going to take me a minute.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Or if you're a Londoner, lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. Okay. All right.
1: So uh, speaking of that, so you went to school there and you're, and you're, you're back in the U S or do you bounce back and forth or what's your current kind of status uh, or your relationship there?
3: Um, I came to London in 2002 to complete my, or to start my veterinary schooling, and I've just been here ever since. I really took to the city. I love the the mystery of it all, the rainy weather, the the great public transportation, and here I've been since then.
0: Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. I've, I've been to London. It, it's really, really nice. I, I love it too. I, I love that uh, it is very dark and rainy all the time, and it definitely uh, is a vibe, so...
3: Yeah, if you can handle it, it's not very bad. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
1: So yeah, this week we're talking about werewolfism uh, or lycanthropy or uh, the Wolfman. Yeah. And uh, what actually got you interested in this, uh, Doctor? Was there an event in your life that made you uh, that inspired you to to pursue this uh, this knowledge or this you know uh, uh, field?
3: Uh, well, when I first came out to London, I ju- I only had the intentions of just going through veterinary college and starting my practice, working on any sorts of animals from house pets to farm animals. And the more the more I completed my my studies and started working, um, I came to find out that there was actually a large uh, werewolf or lichen community in London. At, I thought that this has just been something that you read about in books but it turns out it's actually it's there and it's it's not as um it's not quite what we see in the movies it's a little bit more tame than that oh
1: okay. yeah that is something we discuss on many episodes is uh who gets it right you know uh, truth in fiction uh where it's maybe portrayed, uh, the most accurate accurately. And, uh, I remember, I have to say when this topic came up, one of, uh, you know, I immediately started thinking of questions to ask and one was, Oh, you know, these movies, but movies are sensationalized either way, you know, whether it's werewolves or as we talked about last, you know, a car accident, it, you know, that we need to put the exciting stuff on there. And, and yeah. as you're saying, the reality is, yeah, it is, it's more tame and, um, you know, people, maybe it sounds like they're not as dangerous as we thought.
3: Yeah, certainly not. I, I believe in the past there may have been a bit more danger when there was less understood about the the Lycan community. But now that it, the symptoms are just not quite as bad as they maybe once were, people are able to kind of manage um, their, their bodily reactions. Some have uh, transformations that are maybe not quite as severe as others. So there, there, are. there's a spectrum to it. There's layers to it, really. Mm, okay. So oh, that being said, where
0: do we separate the truth from the folklore? Uh, because werewolf folklore has been going back, especially in Europe, all the way, I believe, back to the Middle Ages. And there's, um, you know, in context of, of Christianity, there's a lot of like underlying... Um, Pacts with the Devil. You know, people always thought it was like Satanism. There was uh, times even after that during the Salem Witch Trials where uh, men were prosecuted uh, for being werewolves, whether they were or they weren't. So um, where do we separate
3: the folklore from the truth? I would say that uh, there, there is some truth to the dangerous werewolf that we see... Uh, portrayed in the media and where that really comes from is if that person this were person had kind of unstable mental state before they became a werewolf chances are that will only grow stronger when they become a werewolf Mm -hmm. or if you have i guess a a more predisposition to anger issues within your bloodline that will only be exacerbated by when you start to transform uh, into a werewolf and people who inherit this gene typically start to see signs of it, if they have it, it, because it's a recessive gene. Um, If if they do um, display these traits, they often won't come up until the male starts puberty. Okay.
1: Ah, okay, so Teen Wolf, wolf, uh, uh, yeah, got something right. Got Got something something right. right.
3: To be honest, they did.
1: That's great to hear. I mean, it it did make sense. that because there weren't in that movie, uh, there weren't really silver bullets or you know um, or things like that or curses or necessarily or anything like that. Um, and uh, but going back to what you said, uh, predispositions, that's something I think that comes up a lot with these um, uh, on Real True Facts that, you know, they're going to be good and bad. Everything, you know, mm-hmm. good and bad uh, of every species and aliens, good aliens, bad aliens,
0: demons, and, angels. See we? Yeah. Do so yeah. if
1: a person is bad or uh, angry, they're going to make a bad or angry werewolf and exactly. uh, they're, you know, vice versa. OK, so mm-hmm. that's comforting in a way. But, uh, you know, humans are still... Um, problematic
3: yeah oh yeah yeah. the the rhetoric behind it can be it can be very touchy for for many in the werewolf community
0: yeah i bet especially if they're trying to build a kind of community and maybe uh debunk some of the myths or misconceptions and then you have some other groups maybe going out and doing those things that perpetuate uh stereotypes
3: Oh yes, a hundred percent. There's, there there have been issues of um, non-werewolf people being accused of being in the werewolf community, and uh, from that, it it really just it gets tricky very quickly, and yeah, there, there is definitely still fighting for a lot of rights within the werewolf community, mm-hmm. even though as a human they may have these rights. They uh, many werewolves do not feel comfortable um, going out openly as a werewolf during full moons. Sure. Sure. Because mm. of the stigma. Right. Because of stigma. So if, if I were to
0: drop in to a werewolf community, maybe I want to show support. Maybe it's not as scary as I thought. Um Am I in any danger, you know, if, if they I don't know if they change with each other as a form of solidarity or if that's something they, they go off and do solo. But if I were to be around one person as they were transforming, because that's where I have the biggest fear is, is witnessing that transformation, mostly because I see that it might be very painful for the person. Um, am I in any danger if I were to witness someone transforming? <laughs>
3: There is there is a, a slight danger, it, but it the danger with it. If okay, so you know the saying that that more people are attacked by dogs than sharks every year. Mm-hmm that that same rule does not apply in the werewolf community though there have been accidents and attacks if you maintain a distance and don't try to actively interfere with the transformation you have a very low risk of um any sort of endangerment Mm -hmm.
1: okay so there's no inherent danger to a transformation it sounds like Um, uh, one thing that seems kind of uh, common in all of the folklore and fiction is uh, is uh, the kind of superpowers or super abilities, maybe is a, a better word, or heightened senses, uh, is what parts of that are, are true?
3: That is really on a case-by-case basis. There are some werewolves that do have an incredible sense of smell, there are uh, other werewolves that are more athletic than others. There are some that are really ah. just couch potatoes, it, mm-hmm. it, it, and that really is again determined by your um, your your um, level of activity while you're a human. And and there is also if you are someone that is a little bit more sedentary, but then you decide, okay, I want to get in shape. I want to start working out. You then, as a werewolf, would also Garner benefits from that. Mm.
1: Oh, I don't know Mm -hmm. why that uh, I probably say this every episode, but that (laughs) it makes sense. It all falls into place because it's always portrayed as, oh, well, you're uh, this kind of human. But when you turn into a werewolf, you're totally different. You're just a werewolf. But it makes so much more sense that your your werewolf is a reflection mm-hmm. of the human. The human's still kind of in there. Yeah, still you maintain apart. part yeah. of your,
0: your personality. Yeah, if I'm a lazy person, I might be a lazy werewolf, too.
3: Yes ex- yeah exactly. and there's yeah. there's you can get a feel for how your werewolf friend will be just by knowing them as a human and you can kind of uh, know exactly what to expect and how to um, how to accommodate them, how to adjust mm-hmm. to their their lifestyle and and really work with them to to make it um, s- successful for both of you.
0: yeah, yeah and you know I see we throw around we're obviously saying werewolf a bunch, so they're okay with being called werewolf.
3: Uh, as far as i know i mean i've 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 been calling them werewolves for a long time and i've never been chastised for it it seems to be at least in in london england mm-hmm. i'm not sure about other european countries but here werewolf is a completely acceptable term some okay. for some w- will call each other lycan like brother but that that seems like it's not really a term for the the non werewolf sure. person the layman yeah
1: so, what kind of uh, what kind of populations are there? Because uh, either they're excellent at hiding, or they're just there aren't a lot of numbers, or else maybe we would see them more often. Or I, I don't know. That's maybe the the question is why don't we see them um, uh, as often uh, at all? I guess.
3: <laughs> It would seem that we don't notice them as often. Um, Werewolves—they when the full moon is out—they do tend to gravitate more instinctually towards the countryside, more instinctually toward remote areas where they can uh, run free and focus on pretty much their their werewolf lifestyle. You're you're not going to see like and. Like you see in a, an American Werewolf in London, the movie, they're not really—they're a little bit more scared of the chaos that goes on in a big city. They want to more of the calm of the countryside. Mm-hmm. So they kind of take a what, what they call a mini vacation once a month. Yeah.
1: Okay, so it's a matter of uh, of, of location. They're in a in an area that's just much less popular. That's why they're not seen as often. Okay, that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I imagine, um, you know, it'd be very hard to balance uh, a human life with your werewolf life. If you have to take a vacation once a month, I I feel like it it might, might be hard to maintain a job or a relationship. And so, you know, I, I did not set out to feel compassionate towards werewolves just because I had all of these, um, images in my head of, of terror and horror but you know as as we learn about it some more and this always happens to me i come in scared and then i always end up changing my mind um you know um i, I feel like that they really need our support um in order to function with this duality
3: yes i would agree with that and you you are starting to see more um like in. uh support groups, more like lycan um, allyship groups, uh, and but the, the numbers are still very small. It's a lot of werewolves and their families kind of fighting for their own rights. There's there's not a ton of outside support, but I, I feel like with more education, with more exposure to um, those sorts of communities there, we will see t- uh, a lot more openness of, uh, I guess you could call it lycanthropy, their own lycanthropy, and it'll be more commonplace.
1: So here's a just kind of a pointed question: Silver bullets—is that—is uh, that make a difference? Do you have to use a silver bullet, or do regular bullets work? What's what's the deal with that?
3: That is a, a hot topic of debate in the werewolf community because there have been very there have been countless cases of silver bullets not affecting certain werewolves i've read cases of standard uh, steel uh, gunmetal bullets um breaking werewolf uh, breaking the werewolf um the transformation ability you you they would still have the that part of their dna but it would almost lay dormant mm-hmm. it would not express itself mm mm-hmm. And the science behind that is still under hot discussion. Even what I'm saying is not, not 100% um, canon or accepted in the medical community. Yeah, it's hard to know where um, you know this this uh,
0: reaction. I mean, is it alchemy? I don't, I don't even know what it would be, but uh, the reaction between you know, if you could use that mid transformation, or if you know, if they were fully transformed, if silver was the way. I mean. I, I don't even like talking about uh, possibly killing one now because you've made me so uh, compassionate towards them. But, um, you know, that might that might be the case. Uh, why don't we uh, take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll talk more about Silver Bullets, maybe for the things in your relationship with uh, the werewolf. So uh, we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back. All right.
1: We're back after a short break here on Real True Facts, discussing lycanthropy with Dr. Professor Lacey Doyle. Um, welcome again, Doctor. It's been so enlightening. Uh, so thanks, uh, thanks again. It's uh, it's oh my it's re- pleasure. So uh, one thing I you know you're a, a doctor of veterinary medicine, um, and so this makes me wonder: Do you kind of uh, have a practice that? treats werewolves i mean werewolves werewolves i mean is that uh, a part of it
3: yes so my my practice we welcome all animals i've I've, all my studies have been for all animals but i do have probably the second highest number of werewolf clients in the greater london area
1: okay wow
3: wow yes so many werewolves they they'll have their you know their regular practitioner but then they if they have any issues post transformation um th- that's when they would come to me essentially because if they are able to see me within um a week after their transformation i can do a lot for them if it's been more than 2 weeks then i my abilities are a little bit limited cuz by that point they're a full human there there is that come down period when i'm i'm most effective in being able to treat them
0: yeah and what kind of issues do you run into maybe um you know chiropractic or
3: what what, what yeah, do you what okay? chiropractic is a big one um usually treating wounds that they they happen to yeah. get while they're transformed into their werewolf form um sometimes rabies rabies that's a very common rabies. and easy thing to treat it, it's really not a big deal like some people might think it is
1: Interesting. So what um, I've heard a lot of stories, you know, from whether it's a vet or a, an ER tech or a, an ER doctor. Do you have like one case of, uh, you know, a crazy story, a crazy vet story uh, involving a werewolf?
3: Yeah, the one that that comes to mind and with um, with respect to, to anonymity, I, I probably won't um, say you know, any d- details of age or location, but... Yeah, um, sure,
1: yeah, definitely.
3: I did have a case of a werewolf that uh, was taking a very... he was It was taking a very long time to come out of his transformation, his transformed... Um, I guess... I guess what I mean to say is that it was taking him a long time to transition back into his male form, his human male form, mm-hmm. and... That was kind of a matter, I had to bring in a whole team for um, a psychological evaluation because it did seem to be something that um, he was maybe holding on to mentally that was not allowing uh, his body to transform him back into a human. It was almost like the uh, the canine form was... was taking extra hold for some reason and mm. it was a oh, very fascinating <laughs> probably probably one of the craziest cases i've had and we i stay in close contact with this client and uh, he's doing great now he no, oh, no such uh, issues since then but that was a, a kind of a scary moment i know his family they suffered a lot during that period of time
0: so he, he had become stuck in this form so really i guess th- there's not as much bearing on the moon As as we would think, is is more of a of a genetic thing, and and I I guess, uh, the power of the mind as well.
3: Yeah, that was a that was a very um, a very big day in the werewolf community. That we we were there was a lot of. you know misinformation being spread and uh rumors that came about but i was i was working very closely with the team that helped him transition back and uh, mm-hmm. basically his rehabilitation during this stressful time in his life but yeah sure. it, it did seem that um the power of the mind was definitely at play there yeah
1: so uh, you know when when someone transforms into a werewolf and they go off into the, the countryside or or whatever um, do they have uh, a, a natural uh, a natural desire to to hunt and kill, or is it uh, they uh, it's or, or is it just kind of like a second life as a as another being and still having a lot of those human traits?
3: There's a combination of both, really, and and that again that goes back to just kind of what you're to into while you're in your human form, and what we find is that. Werewolves that, in their human form, live a more, uh, more outdoorsy, more active lifestyle. They do tend to go for more of the primal instinct, the the hunting of other animals. Um, whereas other werewolves do, do kind of live um, almost like, almost like a pet dog in their their second home, their home in the country, their 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 other residents. and. If they have a family, a lot of times the family is very supportive of this and will um, will treat them as they want to be treated, whether that's, you know, <laughs> it sounds silly to say, but playing fetch or sure. just, you know, lounging on the couch, chasing your own tail. It, yeah. it really just depends. And um, werewolves that are live a more, um, I guess, uh, not a social lifestyle, they... They often have to do a little bit more um, self control, more self training to get them to a point where they uh, they they have a lot of say in what they are like during their um, their werewolf time periods, basically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think if I were a werewolf, I would enjoy maybe looking forward to going out to the country once a month to maybe visit a family who knew me, and like I could just chill out and run in the fields and sleep by the fireplace and not have to worry about being a person for a couple days
3: and i have clients like that they live a very quiet humble lifestyle as a werewolf yeah it truly it really does kind of harken back to the idea of man's best friend
0: yeah but the best friend is inside of you yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, i mean speaking of that i mean When you paint it like that, it it seems very enticing. Um, But, uh, you know, are are there people that still wouldn't wish this on anyone? Uh, You have people actively seeking to be scratched or bit or however it's transmitted. And uh, maybe what are some ways that this community is trying to protect themselves or maybe even turn more people? I mean, I I don't know what, what the ultimate goal is, but I mean, do you have people romanticizing
3: this idea? There does seem to be an amount of that, and I, for me personally, it, it's a bit out of my pay grade to get involved in the affairs of non-werewolf people who would like to become werewolves. That sure. that really is just kind of a personal choice. Um, it's it does seem that within the werewolf community, there is um, there is a lot of support and respect, and there there it doesn't seem to be. Um, something that they're they're trying to recruit new werewolves accidents do happen sometimes people get bit when they don't mean to be and there are programs and um resources in place uh to help those people mitigate their symptoms and uh be able to live a more human dominant lifestyle and not not go through the transformations maybe as long or as often but there does come um I guess it, it really just depends on person to person. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. So the, the way you, you know, the way you're speaking, it really leads me to believe there's uh they have their own kind of rules and uh, possibly a governing body and, um, you know, are very organized. It isn't just every werewolf for, for themselves. Uh, what have you experienced in the way of, you know, their organizational structure or, you know, like I said, governing body.
3: So within the werewolf community, there, and and especially since the the growing popularity of the internet, it has been um, so much easier for werewolves to find and communicate and share perspective. And while there might not be governing bodies over werewolves, there are you know social kind of social agreements, social um, etiquette with being a werewolf. And there's entire websites and community message boards. Dedicated to facilitating that within the werewolf community. Because mm-hmm. I've read your blog.
0: I mean, it's an incredibly popular blog. I mean, not only do you talk about um, you know what it's like treating different animals, especially going out in the country and treating farm animals, um, the, the issues that they run into there. But I mean, you you are very candid about your experiences with the werewolf community. But you do talk about it a little bit, and um, I'm I'm very. Um, I guess pleased to see the compassion. I think at first, maybe I, I was confused about the compassion, but I mean you are a doctor after all and and there is the oath that you take. So I mean, I, I think that your blog is an excellent resource for uh, for things like that, especially for people that might want to learn more.
3: Yes, yeah, I would my blog is definitely a good starting point for um, new werewolves, for family members of werewolves looking for resources. Or even just uh, a regular person, just interested in learning more and just gaining that knowledge of how they can uh, how they can approach uh, potential werewolves in their lives and safe ways to ask um, someone you know who you think might be a werewolf and to show respect and uh, really just be a disarming presence in in front of a werewolf. Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, I I do have to ask our. Um our weekly question here. I mean, I know I mentioned silver bullets earlier, but if uh, you do encounter uh, a dangerous werewolf, you know, someone who is angry and, uh, you know, is transformed, what uh, kind of advice or um, safety tips would you give to someone who, you know uh, may have no idea what's going on so i guess the you know first step is how to know you know what clues to look for and then uh, how to uh, react or defend oneself
3: uh the biggest piece of advice if you do if you happen to come across a werewolf is just remember they're a person just like you or i and really the best thing that you can do is maintain distance until you've gotten uh of basically the verbal or nonverbal go ahead that you're going to be you're fine and you will cross paths and keep walking um and ways to tell it i would recommend probably not making eye contact right away but showing um a little bit of submissiveness if you can Mm -hmm. maybe walking down a hill rather than being up on a hill right level the Mm -hmm. level the field yeah yeah Maybe and so yeah, even coming down to their level without looking them in the eye, of course, but taking a knee, perhaps. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So don't mm-hmm. show uh, don't show aggression.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Don't go. Don't go flashing your teeth and they won't go flashing their teeth at you. Yeah. Mm, and, then, and then maybe back away
0: carefully or, or,
3: you know, wait till they lose interest, maybe. Yeah, definitely wait until they lose interest or are kind of we, we've seen dogs when dogs are fine with a the situation. They just kind of sit their their bottoms down and just kind of look at you with their head to the side. You, you see, you do tend to see a lot of that in werewolf encounters. Sure, sure,
0: it'd be very similar to I mean, I wouldn't want to compare them to, you know, a domesticated animal, but out of out of fear of disrespect, but um, yeah, I would imagine that it is very similar. So, um, I mean, that's that's good to know. It's nice to know that there isn't an inherent threat. Uh, like most things, I think the majority are are good and just trying to carve out a life for themselves.
3: Yes, definitely. At this point, it's it's becoming more commonplace, more widely accepted. So, I'm I'm looking forward to see the werewolf community grow and thrive. Perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Lacey Doily, everybody, uh, thank you so much for coming on the show, for imparting all this wisdom. And uh, check out her blog. It's called An American Veterinarian in London for a lot of great stories. Um, thank you for being on the show.
3: Yes, thank you both so much. Great meeting you. Thank you. So, so we'll have oh, so, oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, we both
1: <laughs> yeah, started. Whose it, turn is it? I was just going to say, yeah, well... Why don't we take a quick break and we'll be back with our mailbag and uh, some interesting questions or letters.
0: We're back from our final break on Real True Facts. Let's open the mailbag. Let's see what we got today.
1: Yes, uh, I'm excited
0: yes sir. i mean i i don't get physical mail like you do i i get yeah. i get emails to our uh, real true facts
1: <laughs> yeah i get these handwritten yeah just notes you know uh uh put in the box outside my bunker
0: yeah yeah they drop them off but uh i get emails from our real true facts email that's mail at real com. you can send us all your questions uh but this one today comes from sutherland Lantana. That's uh, two names. That's like two last names. Sutherland Lantana. Very cool name. Uh, He, I'm assuming, wants to know which one is the real person, Jekyll or Hyde. Maybe Hyde is the real person and the doctor was the alter ego.
1: Oh, that's... Uh, you know, at first you think uh, in kind of physical realities, but I feel like that's uh, an existential question. That's
0: existential. That's like the Batman question. It's like, oh, is is Batman the real one, or is Bruce Wayne the the secret identity, and he really is Batman? Because um, you yeah. know, yeah, it's it's Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde, like, and Mister Hyde, but maybe. Dr. Jekyll really was like Mr. Hyde, and he was pretending to be put together because you know he, he drinks the potion or whatever, and he turns into this raving madman of Mr. Hyde. You know, maybe maybe that really
1: is. So he maybe is. okay. So maybe the the this potion was uh was actually a cure mm. for uh, a case of uh, uh, which is the bad one.
0: Mr. Hyde was the bad one.
1: So maybe it was just a cure for Dr. Jekyll. So he yeah like you said he was hide all along but it it didn't show until he finally made this cure for being uh simple and nice right and uh so i, I like that that's a fun flip you know maybe i'll yeah I'll, maybe i'll read a book or cliff's notes or something and go back and maybe and look take a head. yeah that's pretty interesting i, I say that I, I mean i won't but i'm
0: like you're gonna read
1: yeah i won't but uh, it's <laughs> i'd like to i like to say it um yeah. it feels good at that moment feels, yeah in the moment
0: yeah. you think oh maybe i'll pick up a book and, and look at it um yeah, mr hyde dr jekyll or mr hyde uh so who do you say you you think it he's really hyde and dr jekyll is the fake one or vice versa
1: what how can you read the the question i'm trying to yeah remember. He says, is it original or i'm trying to think of. yeah it
0: says uh which one is the real person jekyll or hyde so who who is he really may and then he says maybe hyde is the real person yeah and the doctor was the alter ego in, instead of the other way around that we that we know
1: yeah, I'm going to cop out and say I I think it's a duality. You know, I think oh. it's I think it's both. You know, yeah. it's it's both. Same you can't. Person. Yeah, it, it, there can be there can be two, in, in two, uh, two in one. Mm-hmm. and two and one. And I think we all have the, that duality. It just doesn't always show, right? Yeah. or yeah. manifest.
0: Manifest. Yes. Um. Well, yeah, that sounds like the likely answer. I'm just going to be contrarian and say that uh, Dr. Jekyll was the real person and Mr. Hyde was brought on by uh, whatever this um, substance was.
1: Right. So So you're saying he was a good doctor and this... Potion chain, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm gonna. I'm makes gonna say sense. That.
0: So I, would, I mean, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I think Doctor Seymour would probably uh, agree with you as a man of
0: science. <laughs> yeah, his influence is rubbing off on me. I'm like, what's what's the logical explanation? Yeah, well, science
1: here? says. Yeah, the I like evidence. Your, yeah,
0: I like your answer better though. So maybe we'll go with that. Uh, so we'll say the answer to this question is that they are uh, both uh, two sides of the same coin, perhaps. Mm. Yes. Um So that's great. Uh, great question. Thank you, um, Sutherland. And, uh, yeah, if anyone else wants to send us, uh, questions, if we like them, if they're good, uh, we'll read them on the air. That's mail at real true facts podcast.com. Uh, we also post questions on our, uh, Instagram. That's at real true facts, Graham. Um, and, and we posed a question today in anticipation of our monster mash, because this is week one, uh, next week is week two of monster mash. So, uh, we wanted to know, um. Uh, what did I? Oh, who is your favorite classic monster? We mm. had a couple of responses. Uh, I posted it before we recorded this episode. So, uh, someone said Dracula. Another person says uh, Leatherface. Um, I don't know how classic Le- Leatherface is, but I would
1: say, I would say Leatherface is cl- is classic in in the movie sense. The movie but sense. Uh, yeah, I, that's interesting. That's interesting. I guess. We are now officially old uh, Uh, to say, no, no, Leatherface uh, it's not not, classic. It's a new
0: movie. That's not.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's what's interesting. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, (sighs) Leatherface is a specific kind of cannibal, I think. So that might be akin to saying, uh, naming a specific werewolf. uh, Yeah, who's your favorite werewolf? I can't think of one. Yeah, Um, I can't think of one. I
0: don't know jacob from twilight I don't yeah know. I don't... um but uh but dracula dracula was the other one um so yeah we'll keep this story up on our instagram uh if you want to go there at real true Graham, if you want to go ahead and answer the question we'll gather up all of your um all of your answers and uh and we'll read them we'll, we'll figure out who everyone's favorite monster is and i guess next week will be a surprise
1: yeah, I mean, we're, we're still week to week gathering the, the live data from all these letters and responses. So, you know, we wouldn't necessarily want to cover one that uh, nobody wants to hear about. Or maybe we maybe we would. Maybe we so, did. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess uh, the best, uh, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, it will just be a surprise. But I still, you know, uh, maybe one of our audience, uh, our, our listeners will come up with one that we hadn't thought of. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah. That, just let us know. You can follow us there. Yeah. Um, You can listen to the show. So many different places. Um, Yeah.
1: Spotify, Amazon, Apple, Google, um, Stitcher. Yeah. um, Podbean. You name it. We're on there. Uh, No one has uh, uh, defeated our challenge of naming (laughs) a platform. Yeah. A platform that they use that we're not on.
0: Yeah, and um, yeah, so that'll that'll be the treat next week, is in our in our trick or treat. Uh, and also, shout out to Podmoth, that is our network that we are proudly a part of. If you want more spooky Halloween stuff and shows, uh, you can check out their list of shows. We are proudly a part of that one. Uh, Podmoth, um, I believe they are on Instagram at Podmoth uh, Podmoth Media. So, uh, just. Uh, Wanted to let you know that. But yeah, um let us know. Keep listening. Thank you so much for tuning in every week. I think that's gonna do it for us this time. Uh Monster Mash week one. Stay tuned next week, Monster Mash Week Two. It will be a fun time. Thank you again to Dr. Seymour. Hopefully he's okay outside wandering around. Uh and thank you to our guest, Dr. Uh Dr. Professor Lacey Doyley, DVM. Um, and thanks to you listeners. And remember keep questioning your world, because just because you hear about it or read about it, it doesn't mean it's true. We'll see you next week.